1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, there's no doubt that Alberta's new premier intends on undoing a lot of what Alberta's previous premier did. But does that include undoing Bill 3? The Voluntary Blood Donations Act is what it was called at the time. The NDP brought in a ban on compensating plasma donors. And it it followed what other provinces had done too. That there's been kind of an ideological push in Canada to ban compensation for plasma donors. Now, it, it should be noted, we're not talking about blood donations. We're talking about plasma donations. Canada is heavily reliant On the U.S. for plasma. In fact, about 80% of plasma products are imported to Canada from the United States. And of course, the reality is in the United States that plasma donation is, is allowed. So it is hypocritical, I suppose you could say at one level, if on some moral principle we think it's wrong to allow for compensation, we're going to ban it and then become even more reliant on a system that allows it. Health Canada, though, has found that that payment for plasma donations has never, never will have any impact on Canada's voluntary system for collecting blood for transfusion. So it's not a threat to our blood supply or to blood donations for that matter. So joining us to talk more about why this is such an important issue. And whether Alberta's new government might take a different view on this, very pleased to welcome to the program Peter Jaworski. He's an assistant uh, teaching professor of ethics at Georgetown University, also co-founder of DonationEthics.com. Has a great piece in today's Globe and Mail on this very issue. Peter, great to talk to you again here. Welcome back to the program.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me again, Rob. Appreciate it very much.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about why this issue is important, first of all. How important it is that we have uh, plasma available for these, these, in many cases, life-saving treatments, and why it's important, then, that we continue to encourage donations.
0: Uh, like you said, these are life-saving medicines. The ones that we're talking about include immune globulin, albumin, uh, clotting factor, For many people, these medicines represent the difference between being able to live or not being able to live. Uh, Some of these people are dependent on this product on a weekly, sometimes a a monthly basis. These are crucial medicines that people need. uh, And it's not just for people who need them in order to live, it's also for people who need them to improve their quality of life. So people who suffer from primary and secondary immune deficiency It makes an enormous difference for those people going without that medicine means that it's more difficult for them to stand up. It means it's more difficult for them to fall asleep. Uh, It means in some cases that it's more difficult for these people to breathe. These are crucial medicines. We really do need them.
1: We do. And we we can't overlook that fact. It seems as though, Peter, the the debate gets bogged down in... kind of morals and ethics about whether it's right whether it's appropriate to compensate people for this donation why can't it all just come from volunteer donors and i guess we can have that academic debate but there's some very practical realities that we run into as you just outlined
0: yeah we do and actually it would be interesting if we could have that debate but remember the the bill bill three the voluntary blood donations act that was passed in alberta It didn't ban paid plasma. As you pointed out at the very beginning, Alberta continues to rely on paid plasma as does the rest of Canada. What we do is we import it from the United States where people are paid for their plasma donations. The only question here is whether or not it's okay to also pay Canadians for their plasma, or if we're just going to continue to rely on American paid plasma. Because no one has proposed banning the importation of paid plasma, and of course they haven't. Because there is no way for us to meet the needs that we have uh, with a totally voluntary system.
1: Right. There's no country in the world, in fact, that has met its needs with a volunteer system.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's no country in the world that has done that. I would be more open to the idea that a voluntary system, an unpaid system, could meet the need if you could point to just one example. But there is not one example in the world. And, of course, there's only seven countries that allow payment for blood plasma donations. Germany, Austria, uh, Hungary, the Czech Republic, the United States, and parts of Canada. Those are the only seven countries that allow payment, the rest uh, of the world bans payment, and we don't have a single country that is managing to meet their need on a purely voluntary basis. The closest that we come to, and sometimes people who are on the other side of this issue, they mention Italy, for example. Uh, Italy is about 80% self-sufficient, but in Italy, you get a paid day off work to donate blood or plasma. In Canada, that would count as payment. If yeah. we were to offer, if Canadian Blood Services was to offer a paid day off work, that would count as payment and would be contrary to the Voluntary Blood Donations Act. So we don't have uh, any country that is managing to meet the need without paying donors. And the United States provides over 60% of the entire world's plasma supply. We are, the whole world is dependent on the United States. It's worth pointing out, by the way, Rob, that uh, export of blood products from the United States represent 1.6% of their total exports by GDP, wow. which is more than aluminum, it's more than steel, it's an enormous number.
1: But it puts it in perspective, too, because as other countries are unable to meet their own domestic needs, the United States produces so much in terms of plasma product that it more than meets its own need. It's able to satisfy the need at home and exports a tremendous amount, as you just outlined abroad. So that, that's quite a, a contrast, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's hard to understand how they're able to not only meet but also exceed their need without understanding that they pay for donations. Clearly, payment is effective. It works. We've had the experiment of not paying people for their plasma donations, and we don't have enough. Uh, In Canada, we, you know, the most important of these products is immune globulin. Uh, And in Canada, we are only able to collect 17%. The remainder we import, the remainder of that medicine we import primarily from the United States.
1: Now, the question of safety often comes up in this debate, which is an important question, obviously. We, we should be very concerned about the safety of, of the blood supply, the safety of the plasma supply. Again, though, it speaks to, to the disconnect here, because if we're suggesting that uh, paid plasma is more dangerous, then we should immediately cut off imports from the United States, shouldn't we?
0: Yeah, this is what makes that particular argument disingenuous as far as I'm concerned. So the people on the other side, and I'm talking about the Canadian Union of Public Employees, uh, Blood Watch, uh, the Canadian Health Coalition, and so on, they reference the Creever the Inquiry and the Tainted Blood Scandal in Canada. And they suggest, and they don't openly say it because, of course, they shouldn't openly say it because they know better, I hope. Uh, they suggest that paid plasma is less safe than unpaid plasma. But as you said, if that were true, then what are we doing importing paid plasma? And, of course, Canadian Blood Services and Health Canada, both of those organizations, have repeatedly said that paid plasma used to make these medicines is just as safe as unpaid plasma. It's been more than two decades. It's been 25 to 30 years now uh, since we've had uh, any kind of transmission of any virus from the medicines that are made in the United States. Right.
1: And if we're concerned about standards in the United States, well, it just seems then that, that it would be ideal to encourage more donation in Canada so we can apply our own standards uh, to, to testing this plasma, making sure that this plasma is safe. So uh, to me, uh, that's, that's an argument in favor of paid donations, not against.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it is an argument in favor of paying people here in Canada. I say here, I'm calling you from West Virginia, but I am right. Canadian. Yes. So by here, I mean in Canada. It is an argument for paying for plasma donations uh, in Canada. We can have greater control. I mean, of course, uh, the United States, the paid plasma centers in the United States are covered not just by the FDA, But if you want to export to uh, countries like Canada, you also have to get separate regulatory approval from Health Canada. Uh, There's also the Plasma Protein Therapeutics Association, an umbrella organization that watches over all of the different paid plasma centers, all the different plasma companies. uh, And they, too, have uh, additional regulations over and above the ones mandated by the FDA and by Health Canada. Mm -hmm. These products are very safe. I mean, the only the only issue here is whether we're going to continue paying Americans for their plasma or if we're going to allow Canadians to be paid for it as well. I mean, I should point out, too, this isn't just about self-sufficiency. I know that's what all the discussions are about, but this is a global need. The need for plasma is around the world. right? People in lots of countries are in desperate need of these medicines. Canada is a rich country. We shouldn't just be collecting enough plasma to meet our own domestic needs. We should be an exporter of plasma. Right? We should be busy contributing to the global supply rather than taking from it, as has been our custom for the last you know, two, three decades.
1: Now, what's interesting, too, and I know there was some concern in Canada about a a particular private clinic uh, that was setting up locations in various provinces and and whether they had an agreement in place with Health Canada or whether plasma collected might be going abroad. I I, I get that that's maybe a legitimate concern. If we're going to be paying Canadians for plasma, that 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 should go into to meeting our domestic needs first. But it seems that we can address that in in other ways. Is, Is that something that that is a concern, though?
0: Uh, okay, so let's let's uh, talk about this a little bit. So the company is called Canadian Plasma Resources, right? And back in 2012, they said that they had a plan to open three paid plasma centers in the province of Ontario. Uh, they would also build a fractionation plant. We're talking about a total of about 150 million to 200 million dollars uh, in an in an investment in Ontario. By 2014, the Ontario government had to pass the Voluntary Blood Donations Act, taking them out. Uh, they said they wanted to open in Alberta. As you know, as everybody in Alberta knows, uh, the Notley government passed Bill 3, making it illegal there. They managed to open in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and in Moncton, New Brunswick, and then they said they would also look at British Columbia, but British Columbia passed the Voluntary Blood Donations Act in 2018, making it impossible for them to open in British Columbia. Canadian Plasma Resources has offered all of the plasma that they have collected to Canadian Blood Services. Canadian Blood Services is the monopoly like distributor of plasma medicines in Canada. There's no other domestic market for Canadian Plasma Resources. Not only did they offer all of the plasma collected in Canada, but, and I can share this document with you <laughs> if you can post it online if you'd like to, they offered that plasma at a 20% discount to
1: yeah, really? what
0: Canadian Blood Services was paying for American uh, plasma. Canadian Blood Services decided against purchasing Canadian plasma. Now, I've asked Graham Schur, he's the CEO of Canadian Blood Services, I've asked him why they've made that decision. Yeah. Because it's true that at any moment, they can change their mind. The worry that this plasma is being exported, one, I, you know, like I said before, there is a global need for this product. Uh, and while I do agree that maybe it's better to meet the domestic need before you go abroad, the people who are selling their plasma to Canadian plasma resources are not the same people that are giving plasma to Canadian blood services. All we've done is increased or helped just a tiny bit with respect to the global supply of this stuff. <laughs> but Canadian blood services can decide at any moment to purchase that pl- that, uh, that pl- plasma, right? So it's up to them. It's not up to the company. Yeah, the company has said, and the contract is still available for Canadian Blood Services
1: to take up. Yeah, very interesting. Now, Peter, by the way, what, what's typical? Like, what does this clinic pay? What, what's typical in the United States in terms of, of compensation?
0: Uh, Canadian Plasma Resources pays more than United States paid plasma centers. Uh, Typical compensation ranges in the United States from $20 to $50 per donation. Uh, It takes about an hour and a half to two hours to donate plasma. Uh, In the United States, you can donate twice a week, uh, twice every seven days with at least 48 hours in between donations. Uh, In Canada, you can only donate once a week. But Canadian Plasma sources offers between 30 to $50 per donation. Uh, and then on top of that, they have bonuses and other giveaways and so on. Uh, so they do pay a bit more per donation, but you can only donate once a week in Canada, whereas you can donate twice a week in the United States.
1: All right. Very interesting. Much more at donationethics.com. As mentioned, this piece in the Globe and Mail today as well. Peter, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having
1: me on, Rob. All right. Take care. Peter Jaworski joining us, assistant teaching professor of ethics, Georgetown University, working on a holiday down there in West Virginia, co-founder of DonationEthics.com. As Health Canada has pointed out, paying people to donate plasma in Canada is not new, does not represent a change in policy or practice for Canada. A company in Winnipeg has been operating safely and paying donors for plasma for 30 years. The plasma products we import from the U.S. are largely from paid donors. Paying people to donate plasma has not weakened Canada's blood system or the volunteer donor base, and there is no evidence that it will. That system is completely voluntary and will remain so. In fact, evidence has shown that the U.S. and other countries with paid plasma donation sites have some of the highest voluntary blood donations in the world. The plasma collected from paid and unpaid donors is equally safe because every donor is treated the same. Through strict regulations, screening and testing methods and techniques to eliminate viruses, Canada has not had a single case of hepatitis B, hepatitis C, or HIV transmitted by a plasma product in the last 25 years. The United States is, remains the largest producer of plasma, with much of the world relying on its supply. About 70% of the immune globulins used in Canada are from the U.S., the majority of which are from paid plasma donors. So Canada has not, and frankly Canada cannot, ban Plasma from paid donors because the vast majority of what we have at our disposal comes from paid donors in the United States. The more we can collect here, the more we can apply that to our own standards. But the only way really to get anywhere close to self-sufficiency is to do what the United States has done. There is no country on earth that has got to sell sufficiency for plasma products through a strictly volunteer system that does not exist. There's no way we are going to get from importing over 70% of plasma products from the United States to self-sufficiency on a volunteer system. It isn't going to happen. So hopefully Alberta's new government will include Bill 3 on the list of initiatives of the previous government that need to be disposed of. No sign yet, though, whether it is. 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.